Welcome to the I Love Recruiting Podcast with your host, Adam Roach. Welcome back, everybody, to the I Love Recruiting Podcast. I am your host, Adam Roach, and today our guest is, well, this man has built many things in his life, Uh, and not to mention he's a kick-ass tennis player, but we're going to dive into Mr. Christopher Ryan here right now, because right now, Chris is the CEO of GoBundance. And you all know I've been a member of GoBundance since 2014. I talk about GoBundance all the time, and uh, it's, it holds a near and dear space in my heart. And But what we're going to do is we're going to learn about Chris. We're going to learn about his journey from UT, uh, Austin, Texas, being a UT grad, all the way to his companies that he started and sold, to now being the uh, GoBundance CEO. So, Mr. Christopher Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Adam, great, uh, great to be here and grateful that uh, we have a friendship and grateful that I'm able to be on your podcast, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we start every podcast this way, and you can take this and run with it any way you want to. The question is, you were born, Mr. Ryan, and then what happened? Uh, wow, that's a that's a pretty white canvas, right? I, I got to I got to I got to move up from Crayola to pastel colors, I guess. Right. So, um you know, pretty humble uh, upbringing in New York, as we were talking about before we jumped on uh, the live stream. Uh, tennis player since I was a little kid. Uh, played tennis uh, throughout uh, my early years up through high school. Uh, came down to the University of Texas at Austin expecting to make the UT tennis team. Didn't happen. Um, became financially independent at 18 and realized that uh, fear is an outstandingly good motivator. I uh, started my first company actually while I was still 17 uh, and um, got the entrepreneurial bug early and, you know, never really looked back. And so I've had a succession of different companies that I've run, uh, grouping of companies uh, that I've led uh, and, you know, knock on wood, very grateful and appreciative for the, the world that uh, that's been created for me Yeah, and that I've helped to create. Yeah, I would definitely say the latter there for sure. So take us back there. So you're, you're playing tennis. You try to step on the uh, the UT courts. They're like, uh-oh, these boys are good. And then you went the entrepreneurial route. So walk us down that path real quick. What, what, what was the bug in the entrepreneurial space? Yeah, it's not it's not a pretty story. So uh, uh, 17 years old, came down to UT, was absolutely convinced I'd get a full-ride scholarship uh, to Texas. And as, as you know, as a fellow tennis player, mm-hmm. uh, the schools are Florida, Texas, and Stanford. Um, got waitlisted at the school in California, didn't get to go there. So of course, let's go to Texas. So I roll into uh, Texas. Uh, and because I had applied late, scholarships had already been handed out to the, the incoming class, but there's a walk-on tournament. Okay. So for sure, I'll roll into the walk-on tournament, win the walk-on tournament, get onto the tennis team and, and get, a, uh, get a scholarship. So uh, uh, won the first, maybe maybe two rounds of the walk-on tournament. In the third round, uh, played this guy who subsequently has become a great friend of mine. Uh, and he takes me in three sets. And it was probably Ooh. one of the best tennis matches that I played. I got no regrets. I played out of my mind. He's just a better guy. Yeah. And so he turns out winning the uh, walk-on tournament, makes it onto the UT tennis team. And his uh, scholarship allotment was zero point zero dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so had I beaten him, had I won that tournament, I would have been in a terrible spot because my uh, father sat me down when I turned eighteen and said, "We love you. We think the world of you, but we're done paying for your stuff. Your first mm-hmm. semester is covered. Beyond that, you're on your own." Wow. Uh, and less uh, entrepreneurial bug then but it was fear, right? Mm-hmm. Tremendous fear because uh, the, the, I think the statement was you can go to school, you can go to work. The one place you can't go is you can't go home. Mm. So uh, I had taught tennis for Bull Terry's Tennis Academy in Florida uh, and in Deerfield, Massachusetts 
the summer between my senior year and start of college, also used that to train and um, realized I could teach tennis. So I started mm -hmm. teaching tennis in Austin to apartment complexes, um, corporations, tennis leagues, uh, and uh, realized that uh, um, being productive, making money, creating value, uh, and building a social life with folks that were in their 20s as a 17, 18, and 19-year-old were all good things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll pause that part of the story because, again, I don't know if all tennis players have a same direct path. Mine was very, very similar. I uh, started at Juco College, then went to a Big Ten school, and then as soon as I found out that I was an American, not a European, and I was getting my butt kicked all the time, I was like, I'm out of this business. And let's go start a business where we can actually win in. However, I want yep. to go into something here real quick. And I'm going to fast forward because I pulled this off of one of your sites. and I don't remember where it was, but I think it ties back into the word fear that you said there. Three most important emotions for success, gratitude, hope, and love, right? Where did those come from? And if we, if we tie it back to this fear word, how did you get from fear to find the three most important emotions that you feel for success or gratitude, hope, and love. How did, what was that transition like? What that look like? So as a, as a young person, you don't know what you don't know. And, mm -hmm. and probably the biggest and the best lessons I've learned in my life have usually come with some level of adversity, some level of challenge, some failure. Um, fear is a phenomenal motivator to create action, energy, and execution, for sure. But it's not sustainable. And long-term, there is some real collateral damage, both as it relates to uh, emotional, psychic, but also relational damage. Because fear is not a way that you can uh, stay motivated long-term. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the energy switch for me once I started achieving success in my professional world and in my relationship world, we'll talk about that in a minute, pivoted because gratitude is a much better form of uh, energy, hope, love. You know, the, uh, uh, the, the number one thing that I attribute uh, what success I have and more importantly, what significance I have in this life, it's all about relationships. Yeah. Right. And, and if there's one thing that I could hold my hat on in terms of what allows what has allowed me and what has allowed uh, the people in in my world to be not just successful, but significant, it's the strength, uh, the genuineness, the realness of the relationships uh, and the way that we bring gratitude, hope and love into them so that everybody benefits. Love it. Yeah, we, we have inside the I Love Recruiting Company, uh, we have an equation in the recruiting space that was taught to me by my mentor, Linda McKissick, and it's relationships plus value and validity over time equals self-discovery. Totally agree. I think that's absolutely spot on. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Well, let's go back. Okay, so now we're through school. Now, 23, you start a company. At 23, you start a company that grows to 130 employees and $10 million in revenue that you actually sell off, right? I, I, I did good, uh, good research, brother, as yeah, I knew man. you would. So <laughs> all, uh, yeah, so um, graduated from UT, uh, came up to Dallas, started grad school, and then at around the same time started uh, my first business, um, uh, first professional um, uh, business with a partner and best friend from college, uh, grew that tremendously um, and wound up selling that off in May of 2000 based on a December 1999 valuation. Mm -hmm. So probably, honestly, more lucky than successful because it was a technology business. And as you know, the technology bubble burst sure. within three or four months after that. Got a ton of stock because we were doing a roll-up. We were all going to be billionaires. And uh, sure enough, uh, did a one-year earnout. Um, with, without a doubt, it was the most grueling professional year of my life. And I made absolutely zero. Matter of fact, I lost money that year. Mm. Um, but I wanted to honor my word and transition the business over to the entity that was acquiring not only us, but a host of others in this, in this roll-up that never actually occurred. Yeah. And so... 
Uh, fast forward to uh, 2011, 2012, uh, the company that I had sold to had kept the business going uh, and they were then able to sell it to an organization called Sun um, uh, Microsystems uh, and uh, had a minor liquidity event uh, then. Uh, and grateful for the work that I did, the people that uh, picked us up, the steadfastness of what they did, and the and the minor exit that happened ten plus years later. Right, but still, you're you're, you're still thirty five ish, right? Thirty three, thirty five ish, and you're you're doing acquisitions, and you're also doing um, um, sell offs here. So you're gaining a ton of experience in this space. So. Then what happens next? So then we get into 2021, 2022, I'm sorry, 11 and 12. Then you get into Tiger 21. So for our listeners, right, help our listeners understand what that, what that organization is all about, because that's something that I don't think many people know about, because again, it's, it's relatively small, but it's not small in the scope of, of what's happening inside of there, right? So Forbes uh, called in a previous article, Tiger 21, one of the most influential social networking groups on the planet. Uh, and as you know, Adam, uh, Tiger 21 focuses on providing value to the ultra rich. Uh, average members' wealth is in around the $100 million space. And so in uh, 2012, um, one of my good friends who had taken on the responsibility of starting Tiger 21 in Dallas, Texas, which is where I live, um, sat me down in a pancake house uh, and uh, asked me over the course of a breakfast if I'd be interested in uh, running this organization as he was getting ready to retire. Uh, and because I didn't know what I was talking about, uh, my initial response was, okay, hold on a second. You want me to babysit a bunch of rich guys, old white guys? And he's like, no, you idiot. It's not what I want you to do. I want you to change their lives. And uh, back in 1996, I had the privilege of meeting a guy named Bob Buford, who wrote a book called Halftime. The tagline of the book is man's transition from success to significance. And uh, at the ripe old age of uh, 30, 29, uh, that book just moved the needle in my world. And so I sought Bob out, also happened to live here in Dallas. Uh, and became a disciple of his for almost four years until he had a um, until he had a stroke. Long and uh, short of it is he taught me in no small way how to work with um, people in terms of moving the needle in their lives as it relates to significance. Because uh, in the in the land of success. Uh, especially with where all of us are, and, and by extension, your listeners are, we're all successful. Sure. Uh, I think success is, is kind of transitional. It's fleeting. It's uh, relative. I think all of us are on a journey towards significance, uh, you know, starting with the relationships that we have with our family and then out in the communities and to the organizations that we serve and the, in the work that we do. And I think to seek and find real fulfillment, satiation, satisfaction, uh, and meaning in our lives, we have to be looking for significance. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the stroke of, of probably luck more than anything else that I had is because of the learnings that I did with Bob Buford when I took over this job in Tiger 21 in early 2013, uh, I realized early on that I was the least successful person in the room, least financially astute person in the room. Uh, my bank account was a rounding error to some of these guys' quarterly tax returns. I, I mean, I was, a, I was a featherweight in a room of heavyweights. So if I focus just on the investments and the financial aspects of it, uh, outgunned, outmanned, and doomed to failure. And as right. I mentioned before, fear is a great motivator. So mm -hmm. I'm like, huh, what can I do to possibly make a difference <laughs> in this crowd? Uh, and it was, it was pretty self-evident the, within the first few months that I needed to pivot our conversations and move off of just the ones and zeros of life 
and talk us and focus more and talk us through more about what is meaningful, significant, fulfilling, uh, and what helps all of these ultra high net wealth folks create a they could be proud of. Uh, and that that started an eight year journey where um, by the time uh, I had left, uh, I was um, uh, picked up all kinds of awards. Uh, uh, not only did I grow Dallas, Texas, I launched Austin, Texas, I launched San Juan, Puerto Rico, I helped launch uh, Hong Kong, uh, and just had a phenomenal ride. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's go back to that. Because I want to have our listeners to hear that. So he walks into the room, and we always tell, we always hear that that um, that saying, "You don't want to be the smartest guy in the room," right? But in this case, not only were you not the smartest guy in the room, you weren't the the most financially, you didn't fit the mold, but yet you were the leader of this entire team, right? Yeah. So, uh, so Most people would fold under those types yeah. of pressures, my friend. Yeah, tell I was me. the opposite. I was the least accomplished person in the. In the real estate world, I am the ugly teardown in the cul-de-sac <laughs> that the neighbors are considering firebombing. That's that's kind of me, right? So uh, you walk in and, and, you know, getting back to what I said earlier, I'm like, holy cow, I am going to fail miserably at this. I am going to be the worst Tiger 21 chair in the history of Tiger 21, and they're going to fire me in six months. Mm-hmm. And I can laugh about it now because it was literally uh, about 14 months later that they recognized me um, with the award chair of the year. And I don't yep. know if you can see it behind me. You see that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a, that is the one and only six figure check Tiger 21 ever gave out for meeting certain thresholds. Uh, and and uh, uh, they, you know, like the like on the price is right, they give me the big fat check. Right. So long and uh, long and short of it is I can only be me mm-hmm. and I'm okay succeeding or failing by just being me. I can't be somebody I'm not. I can't even attempt to do it. Right. So, you know, I kind of, I pulled in uh, not only the teachings that I had learned from uh, Bob Buford, but when I was younger, the three things that were huge in my family were tennis, education, and church. And so I've probably led 20, 30 uh, different Bible studies throughout the years. And I always found out, Adam, that I was the youngest guy in the room, but somehow I was leading the Bible study. Right. And as silly as this sounds, the way that I ran these Bible studies is I was always two or three chapters ahead of everybody else. So purpose-driven life, wild at heart, whatever the, whatever the program was, I'd always be three or four chapters ahead. And people would mistakenly think that I was way more knowledgeable than I was just, just by being 60 pages in front of them in the workbook. And so reality, right? Of course. Totally. Yeah. But there's a, you know, I got no problem faking it till I make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also have no problem failing and failing fast. And there's a, you know, not my term, I've heard it many times before failing forward. Mm-hmm. So with the things that I did, right. I doubled down on those with the things that I failed at, I would pivot off of those. And over time, not only did I find in my, in my tiger 21 world that the Dallas people that I was working with and at that point, it started off about 17 ended uh, mid to high 40s. Um, not only did they respond to it, but I realized that I could easily grow my impact and influence with Tiger 21 by opening up other offices, hence Austin, hence Puerto Rico. And then my buddy was um, set to open up Hong Kong and uh, wanted some support. And I was happy to go over there and, and help him with that as well. So I want to pause you for a second and I want our listeners to hear this because Chris some of the individuals actually a lot of the individuals that are listening to us right now are managers broker owners recruiters for their own real estate companies or their manager broker owners of their own entrepreneurial spaces and and I want them to hear what you said having being the the tear down real estate house in the neighborhood and also leading the pack here 
Gang, when we go on recruiting appointments, sometimes this happens to us, right? Sometimes we step into a room with uh, a mega agent or someone that is doing well beyond what we've ever done in real estate, and we have to attempt to recruit them. But here's the beauty that I, that I was taught a long time ago, Chris, and I'm sure you can appreciate this. We're, none of us are good enough to recruit anybody. None of us. Because no one wakes up and says, oh my gosh, I can't wait for Adam Roach to recruit me today. What we are good at and what we can do is be ourselves authentically and show up and build a relationship, right? So you got into, I love where you said the meaningful and the significance of building these relationships. Um, and you just pulled from your strengths, which was learning, uh, reading way ahead of these people. And you sat down and you provided value, right? Yeah, because, in, and you get this, right? Especially... Mm -hmm. For, uh, for younger folks that don't necessarily have the experience or the tenure or the accomplishment or the resume, it's, it's easy to be intimidated, overwhelmed, feeling like you got nothing to offer. All of us have something to offer, starting with our authentic self. Yeah. That kind of sets the stage. And if we can, uh, and I learned this a, a long time ago, if we can release ego, and not hold on to long-term fear or the need to be perceived differently than who we actually are. Mm -hmm. there's, there's an incredible power in the truth of being yourself, good, bad, and otherwise. Yeah. And if you can show up as yourself, then people may accept you, people may reject you, but there is a um, there is an honesty about it that those relationships that uh, are worth developing and uh, where there's some mutual uh, uh, respect uh, and professional or, or personal opportunity there they flourish. Mm -hmm. You know, I've I've, uh, I've gotten rejected hundreds of times in business. No big deal. I, I if if I if I had a, a business opportunity go south. Whoever that other person is, as we dealt with each other fairly, I wish them all the best. Good luck. Right. And with those that the business relationships uh, flourish, again, you can only be yourself. Right. Let's let's throw let's throw our leadership hat on for a second. Let me ask you a question about that. If we have a listener right now that that just struck a nerve and they ask themselves or they look in the mirror and they say, "Gosh, Chris, that makes all the sense in the world. I just don't even know who I am." Right. I don't know how to show up authentically because I've had to show up so many different ways to act and try to be with so many different people. What would you tell someone that's that that's challenging their own authentic selfness that they don't know how to find? So so it's a it's a unique journey to everyone who does it. So the first first thing that I would say is it's to find your authentic authentic self. It's infinitely more important to be interested than mm. to try to appear interesting. So, you know, no different than you, buddy. I got a hundred questions for you, but your podcast. So you're asking the question, <laughs> but a, a natural curiosity does a few things. Number one, everybody likes to talk about themselves. So it gets them comfortable in whatever the dialogue, whatever the space is. Number two, you don't learn anything when you're speaking. You learn by listening. Yeah. You know, God gave you one mouth and, and two ears, right? I wonder why. Uh -huh. The third thing is, if you listen and if you learn and if you're genuine about it, then you can find common ground commonalities where not only can you understand the other person's authentic self, but you can also find what you resonate with. And, and what you vibrate with. And I think, especially for your younger listeners, I think it's an easy path to find what you respond to and understand better your own authentic self. Yeah, that's really, really good. Uh, interested versus interesting. That is really, really, really good. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, it's fascinating. I'll, I'll share this with you. The reason, <coughs> so there's a, excuse the cough. Uh, there is um a winter event inside of GoBundance that has been going on now for the last, what, we got nine years, maybe almost yeah. 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And I'd been to seven of them in a row. And I don't know if I've shared this with you. So interesting. This is a story about interesting versus interested, uh, in interesting, interested versus interesting. 
Um, I chose not to go this year because I woke up from a dream that I, that I then connected with a former mentor of mine and said, I don't know why I had this dream about you, but I think I need to show up. I don't care where you are in the world. I'll fly there. Unfortunately, I'm going to miss my event that is near and dear to my heart. And, and I showed up with 42 questions. And I sat there and picked this individual's brain literally from 3.30 in the afternoon until 11.30 at night and then flew home the next day, right? So, uh, and, and I, was, I was nervous as all could be because again, this person didn't have to take my call. This person did not have to do what they did. And yet they spent that many hours with me and I got through about 40 of my, I didn't get the last two because we ran out of time. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, that, that's really, really neat that you just shared that. And I love the learning by listening. Right? Yeah. Learning by listening because you got to come from a place of curiosity always. Would you agree? Totally. Right. And and, and I'll I'll tell you what it does. It opens up doors, mm-hmm. right? It, opportunity professionally, personally. It's all relationships, right? But it may be that you connect on something that has nothing to do with whatever the business is at hand. Right. But, you know, maybe you know your spouse and their spouse share a common interest in cooking as a mm-hmm. example. And so, you know, your spouse is calling their spouse after the meeting that you have, maybe business was discussed, maybe it wasn't. But if you can just open yourself to the seeds of opportunity that relationships can deliver, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing the garden that you can grow in your life. Yeah, for sure. Now let's go back real quick before we transition to GoBundance. So you grew Dallas from 17 to 40. Yeah, it was like 40, 46, 45 at its height. Gotcha. And, and that's and that and that is the average net worth was a hundred million dollars. Is that what you said? Yeah, we had uh, uh, we had a few billionaires in our group, so that kind of skews the number uh, sure. north. But if you take that out of it, on average, about a hundred million bucks. So so walk us down this path. Now you 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 were growing this with with the shoulders of of the whole organization. Absolutely. Uh, and as our listeners, they're they're growing their own organizations as well. Walk us down. Just give us some examples of what you did to go out to uh, find the talent that you did to bring into your organization. And then then how did you retain them? So um, the way that I grew the organization was pretty straightforward. You move the the significance needle in the lives of these folks and they become your evangelists. Mm. Right. So uh, me putting another zero in the bank account of these uh, men and women wouldn't be that impactful. It wouldn't. Candidly, for a few of them, they wouldn't even they wouldn't even know it. Yeah. However, affecting their lives and what does that look like? Improving their relationships uh, with their family, starting with their family members, spouse relationships, uh, a lot of challenges with uh, the children or the grandchildren of the ultra high net wealth. Uh, a bunch of them uh, had made huge empires, uh, but my experience has been a lot of that comes at a cost. So we talked about the relationships right behind the relationships. Some of these guys were uber uh, uh, successful, but they their health uh, was in disarray or they had never been philanthropic uh, or they had never thought about building a legacy. What does that look like? What are you going to leave behind and how are you going to make sure you don't uh, mess up your kids or your grandkids? With, with incredible wealth. And so what I did is I started to listen and learn what was most important to them. And rarely, rarely was it money. Mm-hmm. And so then what I would do is I would figure out what uh, would help them along whatever that significant path was. Once we started having successes there, these folks became evangelists and heralders of the wonderful uh, impact that this organization Tiger 21 was going to have with them. And so what would happen then is they would make referrals. Uh, I had a, um, I had an abundance mentality in terms of the ways that we would connect them with the organization. So a lot of social activities uh, every year. Um, we took a trip to Necker Island with uh, Sir Richard Branson. Uh, we had, uh, a wives uh, organization where all the wives would come together as a, as a forum. Um, we, we had a concert series. So Queen, Billy Joel, ACDC, Eagles. Uh, we had a group of us go see Miley Cyrus. Not my proudest moment, but it's okay. 
because we brought we brought our daughters uh, to that. Uh, and so and so what we did is we found that if we focused on the relational and if we focused on moving the significance needle in their uh, in their model, then the demand for what we were creating far outstripped my ability to uh, to um, to slot all these people in, which which is a great position for any any business to be in. Right. Exactly. And again, I, I want our listeners to hear that. You don't necessarily have to go cold calls what I'm hearing you say. You, you develop the people that are in front of you based on their own significant path. That's, that's a big takeaway for me is you have to understand what specifically, keyword there, right? What specifically is their significant path, whether that is uh, family time, whether that is health, uh, whether that is being a giver and, and maybe even legacy. I love what you said back here. Uh, and maybe I did this from my own notes. Where did I go find that? Oh, shoot. My notes are all over. The here it is. Um, give first, receive second, and take third. Yeah. Right? I think I read that somewhere about you. And this is, uh, this is, this is fantastic. Here's, 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 the, here's, the, the, here's, the, here's what it boils down to. So what I did with these men and women of Tiger 21 is I had them over time tell me what was most important to them. And then I worked my ass off trying to accomplish it. Now, a lot of them came into Tiger 21 looking for the investment advice, looking for the um, uh, deal flow, looking for the uh, financial acumen. And that's all fine. To answer the second part of your question in terms of the retention and why people stay, it was not for that. Yeah. It was for all of these other things that we were providing. So you don't know what you don't know. And so the, 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 the real gift of Tiger 21, not only for the members, um, but also for me, was the ability to understand and to learn really how to move the needle in the fulfillment significant side of these folks' lives. Because then what it did is it gave me, Adam, the ultimate residency and fellowship program for doing what I'm now doing in GoBundance. Right, exactly. Well, and, and if you didn't say this, but I wrote this down. You followed through with what their significant path was. You, know, you stayed there and you worked your butt off. Well, there's a book I'm reading right now, but they, they're recording Will Smith. Will Smith said, listen, no one will beat me on the treadmill. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm going to stay on this treadmill until I die. You will not beat me. And what I'm hearing you say there is you worked your ass off in that space of significance for them because that did move their needle of significance forward. And that was the retention. But there's also a selfish piece of this that I'm definitely not going to not share with you. Double negative there. So my significance, where my needle moves, is by moving the needle in other people's world. And mm -hmm. that's a total Bob Bufordism, if yeah. you will. And because he chose to pour into this young kid, you no know, shit from Shinola, back in the 90s, long before I sold my company, long before I had any money, because he chose to pour into me, I believe it is not just my responsibility, but candidly, I think I've found my calling in life. Yep. And my calling is to help other people achieve the significance in their life. And by doing this in a scalable, leverageable way, we move the needle in the world. Yeah, totally, totally. You know, it's, it's, we, we have a, uh, our vision statement inside the I Love Recruiting Company is to empower recruiters when we put an asterisk next to recruiters to change 100 million lives. Yeah. And the asterisk is we believe everyone is a recruiter. And so we, we do that through our coaching models. We do that through our, our, our networking. We do it through. And, and ironically, we're going to now transition to GoBundance. I've taken a lot of GoBundance-isms, if you will, and brought it into our, our world. Like we're, we're a tribe. All of our coaching clients are tribe members. We have our pods. They all have their unique pods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it works because, again, the beauty is when you're in our organization, when you're in an organization like Chris has been talking about, and it's not necessarily about the, the, the whole macro of why you're in the coaching space or the mentor space or whatever space it is, uh, and you get into the spaces of significance, that's, that's the beauty. When you get to watch someone's life change and it's with their family or it's with their health, Right. We have a guy that uh, we've actually helped him lose over 260 pounds. It's incredible. Right? But he's a realtor. He's a realtor. But again, we coach him all in that space of, of his wealth and his, and his uh, wealth for his health. Right. 
So now let's transition to GoBundance. My man, you're running, you're running my tribe. You are the, the kingpin, the leader of this whole thing. So tell, tell us how that became about and, and walk us through the vision of where we're going next. Yeah. Wow. Those a lot of, lot of adjectives in that expression. So uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to drop that bar considerably. So uh, I resigned on uh, from Tiger 20 on May 1st, 2020 uh, at about 6 PM. Uh, and it was, I believe that night, maybe an hour, hour and a half later, after I had sent out uh, an email um, thanking everybody for the opportunity of working with Tiger 21 for the eight plus years that I did. Uh, that my friend David Osborne, who, as you know, is one of the founders of GoBundance, he's also one of the founders of uh, the Austin Tiger 21 group, calls me and he's like, Chris, I know exactly what you're going to be doing uh, next. Uh, and, and David has become an exceptionally uh, close friend and I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. And I said, hey, buddy, uh, I literally just resigned. I'm going through like the seven stages of grief. Um, could we talk about this in a month? And he's like, of course, of course, just promise me you're not going to take any anything before we talk. And I, I did. Uh, and about a month later, we started the conversation. And what I really appreciate about what not only David Osborne, um, but uh, Pat Hyben, Tim Rode, and Mike McCarthy have done is to the word that you used before, They've built a tribe based on values, mm -hmm. based on character, based on a moral and ethical mapping that speaks to um, what we've been talking about. It's a relationship-based organization. The agenda that all of the members in GoBundance have is how can I help the guy next to me or the, or the woman beside me? You know, we have roughly about uh, 400 or so Tiger or Tiger 21 um, Go Abundance men. We have about 60 or 70 uh, Go Abundance women, and everybody is focused on not only helping raise their game, but helping raise the game of everybody around them. Right. And all of us can benefit from what, in effect, is a personal board of directors. And the gift of GoBundance is we are absolutely that for each other with extreme accountability, uh, and, you know, epic adventures, uh, tremendous learnings, and a lot of other things that we do that constantly serve to pour back into uh, our members and help them benefit not just their professional careers, but their lives overall. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, and the neat, I just want to pull this out. Here's my one sheet. My, my one sheet lives on my desk. And this is an original one sheet. There's, so there's some, definitely some things missing. Um, but for those listeners, we have what's called a one sheet. And the one sheet, as it was described to me years ago, is your baseball card. And your baseball card, if you remember baseball cards, is your cute little picture on the front and on the back are all your stats. And I'll never forget. You'll appreciate this story, Chris. The very first time I got one of these, I, I went through the whole thing. I filled out all the different tabs that were on there. And then we had a Zoom call. This is pre-Zoom calls, but if we, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was a Zoom. And uh, Osborne calls me out. He's like, hey, Roach, get on here. You, you, you completed yours completely. We're going to go through the whole thing. And uh, it, it was just a, an exposure opportunity that really helped me with my own ego. You know, it helped me with the fact that I wasn't being judged. It was, it was my baseball card. This is who I was. This was my stats, right? This is my batting average. And it really helped me to understand that you can get naked with your own data. You can get naked with everything. And when you find the right tribe, you can expose yourself to that without going to jail. Um, in, in, the, in the true sense there of being naked, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's powerful. So the other thing that's great is it's not only the baseball card in terms of your stats of what's in your past. Mm -hmm. it's also aspirational in terms of what are your hopes, what are your dreams, what are your goals? And the mm -hmm. gift of GoBundance is we hold you accountable to both. Yeah. Let's, just, let's assume that you want to take a, a, a trip with your family. Let's assume that you want to make three investments in a particular uh, asset class. Let's assume that you have a weight uh, health goal. Let's assume you have a philanthropic goal. All of those things you capture in your one sheet, all of those things as you self-declare that out to the group that you present your one sheet to, 
Our job is to hold you accountable, responsible. So three months from now, Adam, love you to death. You haven't met this goal, this goal, this goal. What's going on? Wow. Right? Do you need help? Are those legit? Are they, has something changed in the world? That accountability to me seems to be the great collaborative fuel by which all of us can raise our performance in all aspects of our life. Yep. And, and I will say, number one, from a tribe standpoint, that accountability is massive. And then what we did, I don't know, four or five years ago with the creation of the pods. Yep. Uh, I, I still have my same pod members. You'd be appreciative of this. Uh, the same pod members to this day uh, that are in there. And as the book goes, the tribe of millionaires, right? These guys will carry my casket if I decide to be buried in the ground. Because again, they know everything about me. They, we, we've been through it all together. We have, we have fought, we have cried, we have gone over these one sheets at nauseum. Again, with that accountability, knowing that they move our significant needle forward faster. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, so where, where are we going? Where, where's, where's going, abundance going to grow to? What do you, what do you envision there? So, so I get, I get asked that question probably more than any other. Mm. And um, let's differentiate very quickly between okay. quantity and quality. Okay. The focus of GoBundance is to continue to pour value, education, mentorship, fellowship, intimacy, camaraderie back into the organization. Mm. So, the first threshold in front of anything else is the quality threshold. You have to be getting more value tomorrow, Adam, out of GoBundance than what you are today, and so on and so on and so on. With that said, given the fact that we are impacting the lives, both from a success and a significant standpoint with so many folks, the gift is no different than what we talked about before. It's easy to make evangelists out of our members. And what I'm finding, Adam, is that our members are um, talking up GoBundance and driving a tremendous amount of interest, a tremendous amount of referrals, uh, and the best, uh, the best salesperson, if you will, for GoBundance, it's definitely not me, nor is it the elders, nor is it the Go team uh, and the leadership group. It's the member who has moved the needle in his life, right. talking to his neighbor, his best buddy, his business partner, uh, you know, his running uh, pal about this organization that's changed the way that he views his relationship with his spouse, uh, the importance of his children, the importance of everything else that we've talked about here. Oh, and by the way, they're keeping me accountable to all of my financial investment uh, and um, material accomplishment goals. Right. Listeners, pause this right now and hit the 15 second back button because you want to understand how to grow your organization. You want to understand how to retain your organization at a high level. Follow what Chris just said right there. Right. Because in my opinion, there, there is no better recipe for growth than that right there. Internal growth happens when you help others. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And what's great is it's not for everybody. Sure. And that's totally okay. Yes. I am happy to not attract the people that are transactional. Mm -hmm. uh, the people, you know, givers, receivers, takers, I mentioned, and you you caught that. The, the, we are not a taker organization. We're not transactional. We don't keep score. Uh, there's no tit for tat. It's yeah. a relational fellowship um, uh, tribe of successful individuals that are all seeking significance in their life. And for folks that don't fit that model, there are a lot of organizations that are probably better suited for them. It's just not us. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, what I've really liked about it so far is we've grown it here in South Carolina. It was just me, right? It was just me for a little bit. And then we just slowly started growing it. And now, now we get together once a month and it's incredible, right? It's, it's truly, truly incredible. Um, Fantastic. Okay. So real quick, I want you to promote, I want you to share, how can our listeners go find out more about GoBundance? So the website is www.gobundance.com. Uh, 
we have a multitude of programs at all different levels. So we have a program that my good friend Jamie Gruber is running called Emerge. Uh, and that is for uh, up and coming entrepreneurs. Uh, that's followed by a program called Ascend. Uh, we then have a program uh, for elite membership uh, that has a number of uh, prerequisites uh, and requirements for that. And then uh, our highest level group is called Champions. Um, and all four groups are thriving. Uh, right now, we find that uh, especially against the backdrop of what has been a challenging, ugly last 14 months with respect to COVID, people are seeking community, people are seeking accountability, fellowship more than ever. And so we're working uh, our asses off to be able to not only meet the incoming demand, but as I mentioned before, constantly find ways to continue to drive value into the membership so that you are not only getting the benefits of what you've spoken about, but on the horizon, there are a number of new initiatives coming down the pipe that are going to hopefully make it easier for you not only to connect with your fellow GoBundance members, but to find ways to customize the value and the path that you want to take within this organization. Beautiful. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, I, I can't rec recommend it enough. I mean, GoBundance has literally changed my life. Here's how I found it real quick. Uh, my father always taught me to sit at the front of the room and go be the dumbest guy in the smartest guy's room and pay attention. And if you have the balls, go talk to one of them. Uh, I knew of David Osborne inside the Keller Williams world. He was speaking sure. on a panel. I sat right at the front of the room. I said, listen, everything you just spoke about spoke right to me. Uh, I'm going to stalk you uh, until we have lunch or something along those lines. And it was like, a month later, it was like, hey, listen, we just created this GoBundance group. You'd be awesome in it. Come on in. And that was 2013, 2014. And here we are to this day. Outstanding. Yeah. Great, great, great story. Okay, let's let's finish this. I'm having so much fun here. What are, the, what are your top three motivators that keep you pushing every single day? So uh, growing up uh, in a family that was incredibly religious, going to church five, six times a week up until 13 years old, uh, my parents instilled in both me and my two younger brothers an absolute Puritan work ethic. So uh, I was up at uh, 3.46 this morning. Um, uh, I've, uh, I've gotten about half a day's worth of work already uh, knocked out. Uh, I think my last Zoom call tonight is around six. Uh, and then my suspicion is I'm probably in bed asleep by 9.30 or 10. So the work hard ethic is something that my parents did a phenomenal job in teaching all of us. And it's innate to both myself uh, and my brothers, Scott and my brother, Greg. That's the first thing. The second thing is the, the one thing that we can do across good times, bad times, uh, when things are going great, when you're dealing with uh, adversity, is contribution is the best response. You can always contribute. Small ways, big ways, large ways, sideways, you can contribute. And I find that I sleep great at night knowing that I've accomplished something, right? There's something to be said. Um, last thought is, you know, I'm 53 years old. I feel like I'm about 25 and there's so much good work to do, and there's so much uh, opportunity to create impact uh, with GoBundance and with this tribe that we've uh, curated and that the elders, the you know Pat, Dave, Mike, and Tim have done since 2012, 2013, that you know, I believe this is, as I said earlier, it's not just a job, it's a calling, right? So I'm kind of wired to do this. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather chew on rusty nails than uh, run the risk of uh, not doing my best with what I'm doing with GoBundance, because I believe it serves a, an ultimate mission much greater than a job, much greater than a title, much greater than a paycheck. Uh, and if I can impact not just these GoBundance members, but their spouses and their kids, man, what a what a goal! Yeah, for sure. That was that was that was badass right there. Uh, so we got work ethic. We've got uh, coming from contribution is the best response, and then being called to something, 
right? You, you can feel, Chris, you can feel your energy. You can feel your drive and emotion and, and passion for helping better other people. And, and gang, what I want you all to take away from today, I'm sure you have many gold nuggets as I do of three pages worth of notes right here, is show up authentically. Show, I mean, how Chris, you showed up so massively authentic today. I just want to say thank you. Super grateful for your time, your energy, your passion, your love. We can feel it all here. Gang, go, go, go listen to this again and go duplicate exactly what Mr. Chris Ryan has done here. So let me uh, thank you, but let me respond. You can only say what you just said mm -hmm. if you have it inside of you yourself. Mm. You're an exceptionally good interviewer. Thank you. You are interested first and foremost versus interesting. You know, I, I felt that with the few minutes that we had before this call, this is a joy, right? I feel your energy. I'm excited to meet you at some point in time. I'll yep. bring my sticks. Hopefully we'll, we'll hit a tennis ball. You know, yeah. hopefully the next time we get a chance to visit, you've explained to me that your 12, 13 year old is just taking you and, and <laughs> that's, you got to work on your tops and back end or whatever the case. Right, yeah. All of that is fantastic. And, and what I find is if, if, if I'm showing up authentically and someone else is showing up authentically, it's hard not to be friends. It's right. hard not to connect and it's hard not to want the other person to be successful. And Love so it. for all of that, dude, you know, we've been on the, we've been on this for 50 minutes. I can't begin to tell you how much of a emotional, energetic, psychological boost you've been to my day. Thank Excellent, you. My well, well, likewise. And I appreciate those kind words. And uh, this has been real. This has been fun. And I knew it would be. I, I definitely knew this was going to be a great podcast. I have no doubt that all of our listeners uh, gained a ton, ton from you, Mr. Chris Ryan. So thank you. Outstanding. Totally Absolutely. agree. Okay, everybody. So that's what you just heard. You heard some masterful pieces of value. Go out there and build authentic relationships. Go out there and move people's significant meter forward faster by listening to what they have to say. What an incredible podcast. Chris Ryan, thank you very much. My name is Adam Roach. I have been your host. This has been the I Love Recruiting Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Outstanding.